Hello, everyone. Just to let you know before you listen to the podcast that we're holding eight free curriculum design events for primary senior leaders in coastal locations all around the country from early next year, 2020. These half-day events are for schools who don't currently use cornerstones because we'll be covering the essential aspects of curriculum design that if you are using cornerstones, you'll already have in place. Now, as well as covering curriculum design, we'll also be showing you how to reduce workload so you can really free teachers up to teach and how to craft a curriculum that is right for your school's context and values. We're excited to be joined by the inspirational, award-winning deputy head teacher and author, Jonathan Lear of Gorilla Ed fame. And you'll also be able to hear from local schools about their own curriculum design journey and the impact they're having. We're coming to Grimsby, Lowestoft, Sittingbourne, Bournemouth, Plymouth, Bristol, Blackpool and Hartlepool. And you can book up to two free places on each event. There's a morning or an afternoon option and lunch and refreshments are included. So it would be wonderful to see you there. Visit our events page on our website. That's cornerstoneseducation.co.uk to book your two free places. Thank you for listening and it's back to the podcast. Welcome to The Curriculum, a podcast by Cornerstones Education. Here we discuss all things curriculum, plus leadership issues, teaching tips and much, much more. Hello everyone, I'm Caroline Pudner, your host, and today I'm joined by Cornerstone's founder, Simon Hickton, and curriculum manager, Catherine Scott. Good afternoon. Hello. Hello there. Right, now we've come together to discuss something that is extremely important, and that is subject coverage and subject progression, but particularly for primary schools. Uh, It's because the light has been shone on primaries, really looking at every subject it's not just English and maths and the core subjects this is a bit of a shift Um, it's been going on for quite a while but I think now that the inspection framework is live and schools are starting to be inspected they are really thinking long and hard about geography history science all the subjects and how children gain skills and knowledge in those subjects throughout their time primary so obviously this is a big topic. Right, Simon, what do we mean by subject coverage? To me and as a cornerstones, coverage means the poems and study of the national curriculum. Obviously if you're in an academy you don't have to cover the national curriculum, mm-hmm. you can have your own ambitious curriculum that's uh, of similar quality. But it's those poems of study, those bullet points within the national curriculum, that those attainment statements, but also the aims that are often missed. So coverage, subject coverage is about the aims and the individual bullet points within the national curriculum. And it's so varied because within the national curriculum you've got English and maths, great detail. Yeah. Science on the whole, and not for everything, because you've got working scientifically, but on the whole it's in year group. But then you get down to the actual, the other subjects, geography, history, art and design, etc. And they tend to be very different. Mm. I think in art, there's only seven poems of study across Key Stage 1 and Key Stage 2. You've got more in geography, and it makes it very, very difficult to make sure you've got this coverage. But that's the framework, that's the coverage that is expected. The blueprint, the framework for a school to build 
their curriculum. Right, and we'll get on to that later because actually it is key that they build on that, isn't it? Those subjects need teasing out in a lot more detail, don't and they? And I said yeah. coverage there is a key word. So, again, what is coverage? Mm. Well, coverage is the knowledge, understanding and skills mm. of those subjects. Mm. That's what the coverage is, and that's been laid out in the national curriculum or will be laid out by academies in their own way. Okay. And that's the bare bones, the framework that they'll then build on. Can they easily get the subject coverage, in your opinion? Not easily. <laughs> We've, uh, obviously, in the past 10 years working with schools, one of the hardest things is fitting everything in. Yeah. That is huge, and it's so difficult. It has been pretty much said everywhere that we've ended up with a narrow curriculum because of English and maths and the importance, mm. which it is in... Obviously, in primary education, teaching children to read, write, speaking and listening, it's huge. Yeah. It's massive. It's the massive priority. But we've got to get that broad and balanced curriculum as well. And to get that broad and balanced curriculum, you've got to say, right, OK, let's look at the subjects individually. But how can we actually connect all of that together? Mm. And because the only way for me and a lot of schools do agree with that and even when you speak with Austin inspectors they're saying a thematic approach in primary is what works it has worked and it continues to work very well because that allows you to connect subjects and all that cross connecting the coherence the connectivity between pedagogy and subject and everything else all comes together so you can actually get coverage yeah, as long as you can track, I suppose, where you're learning an aspect of, you're covering an aspect of geography in maybe a pure geography approach or a lesson, and then where, where you've also covered it later on within another theme or context, that child is still covering that aspect. Aren't That's they? definitely right. And when we get on to the progression mm. uh, of subjects, I think later in the uh, podcast, we will discuss that and how that coherence and that connectedness really makes that work. So to go back to uh, the question of the challenges, you can look at subjects and say, right, let's create and make sure we've got this content coverage within a silo of a subject. Mm. And that can be done. And you can say, what are the endpoints? What we're going to look at each year? But then that gets very much complicated by, well, yeah, but how does that then fit with another subject and another subject? And how can we fit everything together into the limited time in class that you have actually got, okay. especially in primaries. Yeah. And that, for me, is the biggest sort of challenge. And then how is that linked to all the activities? What's actually going to be taught? What's actually going to be learned by the children? So how are we going to deliver this content? Because it's not just about having the content there. How is it going to be delivered? That's our intention. Mm. And again, the three words that have come out to the fore, intent, implementation and impact, very clear now, often are stating that that is not three separate sections. It's a flow. Mm. Because no matter what you intend, what you deliver, you've got to actually link together, has it actually been learned? You've got to think about how you're delivering before you start thinking yeah we want to do all that coverage of that and that and that but how do you actually do it and I know we've done it in, in our way and we can talk it's about massive. that in a bit but I, it's a huge job. I've seen over the last 10 years how Mel and her team have struggled with this and fought with it and gone back to the drawing board again and again yeah. to produce this coverage and make sure it's there and interlinked and working and can work right way through to delivery yeah. as well as just being something on a piece of paper that think oh that looks nice 
Yeah. And, oh, we've got that mapped out now. Yeah, but how is it going to be yeah. delivered? And how are the children going to learn? And how will this actually work in real life? Yeah. Let's think about progression now. Maybe I'll bring Catherine in, actually. Uh, because, <laughs> Catherine, you have been extremely busy upstairs here working with a team of people designing the, well, new curriculum projects. Yes. But you've also done a lot of work on our existing ILPs. How do you ensure that children make progress in say geography history in these subject disciplines what are the what are the things to think about if you're creating a curriculum I think the first thing to think about is that you need a progression of skills so you need to know what you are actually going to teach in that year group it's very very easy to go from a point of view of I would like to teach this lesson and it will be fun and it will be great without knowing what those children need to learn in a particular year group it's knowing the national curriculum inside out. As Simon says, for foundation, it doesn't help sometimes very much because some of the programmes of study cover from year three to year six. Mm. So then you've got to drill down into those programmes of study and think what aspects of those actually come first. Mm. What do you need to teach first before you teach the next step of the next step so that by the end of year six, the outcome, the end point of year six is that you have covered that programme of study and you actually understand all the aspects in, in it and I think that's a massive massive task. I think that's absolutely spot on Catherine because I think what you've got is with the problem of study and when we talk about subject progression, subject progression is about looking at the elements within the problems of study yeah. and how they're built on over time exactly. to get the full mm. coverage mm. and what knowledge as well as the skills you're going to be looking at because what the team did is they teased out from the National Cooking Problems of Study and said right where's the aspects, where's the concepts, how they all link to the big ideas, those global themes, uh, those glo larger global concepts and then to sort of bring it down and say right okay so what is the progression going to be, what's the element of that problem of study that they will do in year three and then that will probably be repeated as well. And then where will it be done in year four, mm. year five and year six? Which Where will the knowledge fit in? Where will the skills be developed? Where will they then be used and applied within a project? And that is the web that has mm. to be created mm. and uh, then implemented by the teachers, etc. And that's rooted in basic learning science because these children only will progress their knowledge and skills if they are given manageable chunks of yes. opportunities to learn and practice and you know understand and they're given opportunities to remember knowledge for example then over time if they then reapply in different contexts or hear of something else that the teacher then helps them link to a pre-known fact or some skill then they're building that schema and well that is the way that the children progress their knowledge and understanding yes. in a skill say like map work you start with the basics it's something that teachers know isn't it we know you start with the basics but you don't often see it in a broader view a linear across say from year one right up to year six and that's, and that's where, the thing yeah that's where we are at cornerstones because we have the time to do that mm. so as a teacher I didn't see that broad overview because I was a year five teacher yeah. then I was a year six and then a year four and it was only after a decade of teaching in different year groups that I started to piece together that idea 
of what the progression was. Yeah, and what children have done before. Exactly. And two years, three years before, and, and exactly. where they're meant to be going to. Yeah. A great analogy I heard, and I've probably twisted it and changed it, but it was about the Jenga model, that you get Jenga. Jenga, oh, We right. all know Jenga, we all like Jenga, mm. and uh, in essence, that schema, if you think about it, children are building schemas from what they're experiencing, mm. and they're building those up, and you imagine that Jenga with the bits missing, etc. What we've got to try and do is make sure, as children are building up their Jenga, little blocks that we're actually helping them to put a little bit of super glue on one or two of them to hold it together mm. but there will be gaps in there and any curriculum you should be able to see where those gaps those misconceptions are appearing mm. and then you can actually say right we need an extra brick put in there or we need that brick removing because it's actually completely the wrong shape mm. and it's going to make it all fall down remove that and put in the correct brick in mm. there to build a Jenga that is absolutely solid for those children that's the skill of curriculum design is knowing what to put in and what to leave out and with the skill of teaching is knowing how to teach children things that won't add to their misconceptions or misteach. And the order of teaching as well. We talk yeah. about the teaching narrative and the sequence of lessons and things mm -hmm. like that, which puts the order in place mm -hmm. so they can actually mm -hmm. build up that schema for themselves. And that is the teacher expertise yeah. that needs to come in because every class of children is different. So your curriculum model can work and then it's a teacher expertise that can then adjust, move slightly, um, mm -hmm. add in more look at misconceptions and then yeah. do some over learning as well. Which is all good assessment for learning, isn't it? Yeah. Ongoing. That's massive, and uh, rightly so. But schools are being asked, well, how does your assessment inform your planning? Mm. It's not about mm. looking at numbers anymore, that's gone. Mm. It's about looking at how is your assessment informing your planning? How is it showing you those holes in the Jenga model? Yeah. How is it showing you those misconceptions? What are you doing about it? Mm. And also, we've talked about subjects, subject leadership is going to become huge and knowing coverage that we've already heard details about the most recent often inspectors and asking teachers right tell me about mm -hmm. your subject subject leaders have got to know about from eyfs yeah all the way through yeah. to year this six these deep dives that are, and the deep dives that come about, around yeah. they've got to know about all of those they've got yeah. to know what's happening what's the progression in their subject do i know the end point for primary year six is what we're delivering getting them there mm -hmm. and what Ofsted rightly so now is they're spending their time actually looking at the reality for the children mm. what the children are actually learning so it is taking that what's the intent what's the subject coverage tell us that then okay show us that in whatever form you've got and Ofsted won't ask for a particular form right okay let's go and see if that's happening in the, in the classroom Hmm. is it in the books when we talk to the children is it there when we talk to the teachers do they understand it hmm. that's what it's all about yeah so before all that you've got to know the journey and i think it was heather fern from ofsted said your curriculum is the progression model you construct a progression model almost like a track and that's the journey you that's want right. your children to go through yeah. geography history and so on I think it's a great time maybe to talk about <laughs> what we've actually done here because whether you're not a school using cornerstones, it's still interesting to know how you've done it and how you have looked at, say, geography, because I know all the geography knowledge-rich projects have been finished and they're up live now on, on Maestro, which is fantastic. But 
How did you approach those? Can you tell the listeners a little bit about how you get the subject coverage and progression across those topics? Well, for the New Knowledge Rich Projects, the national curriculum was the starting point. We took the national curriculum programmes of study, we broke them down, we analysed them, we looked really carefully about what each piece of that programme of study meant, what each word meant. And then we created our own model, our sets of learning intentions based around our big ideas in each subject. So we created that framework and that is the basis of the progression model. So each of those learning intentions builds through each year group. For us, a learning intention is a skill with implied knowledge, but then we were teasing out all the knowledge, which we is the declarative knowledge that's required. Yes, because we've also, we've, we've got a knowledge framework as well because they link to the learning intentions. Mm. So we've got knowledge statements and that is actual core knowledge that children need to know. Mm. And then we took that skeleton framework and started to develop our KRPs alongside the new officer inspection framework and the requirements that was going to happen there. And so the KRPs are now have a driver subject. So our geography KRPs have a geography driver. So the learning intentions and the knowledge statements yeah. for geography that we've teased created, out, yeah. teased out from the programmes of study, are now in our geography KRPs. Those statements and the knowledge are the backbone of it. So anything that's in a lesson in our KRPs is to deliver those learning intentions and that knowledge. We then also have created for each lesson some specific subject knowledge if it's been needed because we really looked carefully about the progression of what children need to know. And sometimes you can't just do a general knowledge statement. You You have to think, what is that lesson teaching and how can that knowledge be built on in the next lesson? Yeah, so you've got this overview and you're revisiting knowledge or you're building upon knowledge as the children go through You build it through because the KRPs are in a sequence and it has taken a long time to get that sequence right to make sure that the lessons, each lesson builds one on another to build a bank of knowledge, a bank of skills and understanding and that goes through the engage and develop stages because our KRPs are still with our, our pedagogy, our four yeah. statements, but our engage and develop and our memorable experience all build sequentially to create a bank of knowledge and skills. That the children then apply and express later on in the project. Well, that's that a right? key thing because our innovate section where children can use those skills and it's very, very tightly linked to the engage and develop stages, the, the lessons mm. that we teach. The Innovate is very tightly linked and actually gives a chance for reviewing knowledge, but also using it in a context and children should use it independently. That's actually a really good time for a teacher to assess as well. I would use that. And in fact, I spoke to a head teacher recently about this and they've seen the new knowledge rich projects, the KRPs, and said that it's the innovate stage that they are finding transformative for them because it's a time where they can actually see the children apply knowledge that they've built up through those two stages and see, you know, talking about the Jenga, actually, ah, there's a gap here. Exactly. So it just gave them this school room 
room to do that and to actually really see where the knowledge had been applied. And Checking if on. that knowledge is becoming sticky is so important at that stage. And also what's key is we've mentioned that sequence of lessons. And yes, that may be in a subject, but within that, especially when we're talking about cross-curricular projects, which the vast majority of primary schools do use, yeah. and Ofsted has said that is absolutely fine, the key is, well, it might not be all geography lessons in that sequence. No, not Because so. there may be some science and some history that is very relevant to enable the children to build those schemas and build everything else and get real quality learning out of it. What we're working on right now as part of Curriculum Maestro and always listening to feedback from schools, what they need and our own ideas, is we're being able to flick between looking at it as a cross-curricular approach and then saying, yeah, but we need to just flick and see it as a subject. Mm. And a sequence of lessons for that subject mm -hmm. is the flow there, is the knowledge and skill progression there for that. And then flick back and say, and does it work within the oh, cross-curriculum? Okay, yeah. so schools can use Maestro to do those two different views. Because I've yeah. also talked to a school in London who just wanted to do, this is our geography book, this is our... And they use Cornerstones, but they want... We do a geography mm. lesson, we do a history, and they're doing that. So on Maestro, you can plan that out, yeah. can't you? And the, I didn't realise that, Simon. Very soon. <laughs> it's going to go live very, yeah. very soon, probably <laughs> after half term. Uh, that then you can half just flick term it. October half term October, yeah. if you're listening. Uh, uh, and basically, <laughs> they'll just be able to just flick between the two. Oh, and okay. as that enables that the teacher or the senior leader or the subject lead mm. to look at the project and say, all right, I want to look at the actual progression, that sequence of lessons, that order of mm. teaching, yeah. and is it right? Actually, from what I've heard from Ofsted, that is extremely important to... Yeah, I'm really schools. pleased we're, making, we're doing that yeah. development and now we're hearing those yeah. things thinking, there you go. okay, yeah. <laughs> another reason, it's coming. Another it's reason coming. to find yeah. out more. But uh, back yeah. to what Simon said about it being relevant, there are cross-curricular links in the KRP, in, in, in all of them. The driver subject okay. is the main driver. That's right. But they are truly relevant and the idea is that will build up. So that's a brilliant tool that you can have a look at all your geography because even if you're doing a science driver, you will still see that there'll be yeah. some geography elements and those geography elements will be relevant mm. they will build up but also That's they will build up across yeah. the year group as otherwise well. otherwise we've got a secondary model which is what Matthew Purvis said to me he did not want to see any and primary you don't want school to do that. you don't want to just do um, lesson after lesson of geography science and that this you need you to weave in yeah. the links where they're all I think authentic authentic and, and meaningful I think that's a really key word authentic mm. and that's what we have time at Cornerstones to do we mm. can see it all we can have this overview okay. and we can make these links that are quite hard to find in the national curriculum yeah. you've got rocks in science and you've got rocks in geography and you've got mountains in geography actually they all link together okay. so those lessons are linked but we give chance for over learning okay. we give chance for repeating learning intentions through different projects and low stakes quizzing which i'm very quizzing excited at the about end, and the, the knowledge organizer knowledge organizer for each one there are six aren't there for the whole school yes there's six geography krps okay yep. if you teach every one of those you are guaranteed subject coverage is that right in you, geography you get excellent coverage you get really good coverage but there will also be other geography sessions in the other krps that go 
going to be oh, released right, later yeah. on. So there will be some geography coverage in history and science and geography link really beautifully. So there will be other chances of coverage yeah. and other aspects of coverage in the other KRPs Fantastic. as well. Part of what we've developed in Curriculum Maestro and we're developing, continuing to develop, to make sure subject leaders have those tools at the fingertips mm. to be able to drill down themselves and I'm not going to make well I'm going to mention deep dive but they're going to drill <laughs> yeah, down and they're going to see if the progression yeah. is there so and you can the do that on coverage is there so what can you do on Maestro already for that and what is coming up soon for that straight away it shows you uh, where you've got good coverage and you're able to make sure that you can uh, add in, if you uh, maybe you've made project selections that's missing massive gaps in the national curriculum, it will show that instantly. You'll change the projects, then you might have one or two gaps in problems of study that are missing, you can put those in. But then it's about going deeper. And what we'll be releasing very shortly is where subject leaders can then go deep and say, well, what elements of that problem of study have maybe could be missed or have been missed, and they'll be able to input those into the projects by creating the lessons either alongside the teacher or if they're a specialist in music or art they can develop those lessons themselves mm -hmm. and they will then magically appear in the projects and the teacher then knows right I definitely have to teach that one I can deselect and select some other of the lessons and so you can create add, your narrative yeah. I can add but they can make it completely bespoke to ensure the progression that that school wants that the coverage that that school wants can be achieved okay mm. and that's all in one plate that's the good thing about maestro is that it's all auto linked and it can you can run reports from that and everything it's all there and if so i suppose live. the groundwork's done for you if you've got the krps and you're doing and you're a geography lead or a humanities lead we've got geography ones at the moment mm. we're going to have history and science soon you've got as a subject lead you've got your coverage there if you want to add and enhance or change anything you can do that all on maestro but yeah. also if you're not using the cornerstone's curriculum content you may feel we've got a great curriculum but we need to make sure it's all connected. That's where we designed and made sure we had the option of Maestro Lite, yeah. where you can actually utilise that to create your own projects from what you're currently doing in school. So you can write your own projects, upload them, if you like, into, or actually type them in, can't you, onto Curriculum Maestro Lite, and then it'll do the coverage check-in. Because you tie them all to problems of study yeah. and learning intentions. Okay. You would tie them to the learning intention and knowledge uh, progression framework that we produced, tie it all together and that's how some schools are doing it for English and maths yeah. to make sure they have got this very clear progression model going mm. through subject coverage yeah. subject progression yeah. it's there it's all interlinked it can be assessed those missing Jenga pieces can be then put in mm. yeah. everything else and it all works in one mm. place and I think sort of to add to that that model allows you to do it but then with the KRPs, you go really deeply into it. So if you are a subject leader, coverage to you might be, well, what's actually what's happening in the classroom? What texts are people using? What resources are they actually using? What's being talked about and said to actually put those learning intentions across and to actually create that progression? Yeah. I think that's an amazing thing about Maestro. You can sort it all out. So you've got that coverage. But quite a lot of people almost finish at that and they don't actually drill down into, well, what is each lesson going to be about and what am I going to use in that lesson? Mm. So with the KRPs, that's been a lot of my work lately. It's the detail. It's the detail. Mm. So in that half hour or that hour yeah. that the teacher is with the children delivering that learning intention, what are they going to say? What are they going to ask the children to do? 
what are they going to use to support the children so maestro is amazing because we have we've created resources that are bespoke to each year group and we've used progression throughout so you mentioned map work mm. so picture maps are in year one it moves on to maps with keys in year two and throughout uh, key stage two they get more complex looking Actually, at contour that's great, lines because as a teacher sometimes i went on the internet i got resources and you can never, unless you really know what's been happening beforehand or you've got a really clear curriculum model, you sometimes don't know if a child has already seen this kind of thing exactly. before. Exactly. And that's all right sometimes to recap. Yeah. But other times, if there's no clarity of progression and yes. in your resources, which are often called the foot soldiers of your curriculum, which I love because they are so much part of yeah. your curriculum and you've created them, obviously, to match the project. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's been a big thing. And we've tried to create resources that will give the knowledge in a progressive way, but also ways to record what they know or even teacher information. So sometimes we have included knowledge and or an idea of how you deliver a lesson for the teacher as well. So okay. your subject leaders can see what is being used in the classroom, the level of what's happening yeah. in year one and two, if they want to Exactly, that. that's right. And also it's going back to that really key thing there about, yeah, the intentions there. This is the substance of our curriculum. This is what we're doing, but what's actually happening? And being able to sort of monitor and manage that on a subject level or a whole school level or on a class level or even on a pupil level you can't do that that's with, a key yeah and you can't do that with paper in folders can you you, you, need you can to do, but the highlighting pens hard. that you would need and the nightmare of that <laughs> yeah. is just okay. it, it's terrible and so, what workload wise whereas what we've created hopefully will enable schools to do that so easily okay yeah and we all know that things get in the way of what you intend it's just the way school is and not being able to find a resource that you need or not being able to access a video of a concept that you're wanting to teach can be the difference between teaching it and not teaching it. So what's on Maestro? Am I right in thinking you can you go into a timetable and you've got your lessons in there, you click on them, they automatically come up and your resources are like hyperlinks. You don't have to flick through lots of different tabs or think where did I put that resource it's all there in one place so it's yeah. on your timetable so that's how you help them with that part of the reason for the timetable facility that we built in is you can drag and drop the uh, the lessons that either you've created yourself or you've adapted into a timetable because quite soon you'll see especially if it's a short half term they are as short as four weeks sometimes but a five week uh, half term and you start thinking well I can't fit all this in and rather than getting towards the end of a project and thinking I've not done this you're realising that as you're creating that teaching narrative right at the start, this is the sequence of lessons that I need to teach. How am I going to fit this in? Right, I've got a short half term. I do have to make some changes here, but I can not teach that and I don't lose the flow. The children are still going to be fine. The subject progression is going to be there. That's mm. what we're trying to give. So with Maestro, can you then, you can shorten a project could you reassign a learning intention somewhere else? Yeah. Yes, you can, can. You can do like a coverage checker however Actual many coverage. times you want, really. It's live. Yes, it's, it's, live. it's live. So you'll see the gaps. Um, it's live, it's there, it's live. Okay. It's telling you what you've covered, what you've not covered yeah. straight away. What I would say about the design of the KRPs, which is different to our, our older ILPs, is they are actually shorter. Mm. And they're shorter for that 
that specific reason. I have to ask though, if you've got ILPs, if you've not yet moved on to the KRPs, how do you ensure subject coverage and progression with the existing ILPs, Simon? Well, it's interesting because that informed our development work because mm -hmm. uh, obviously talking to head teachers, uh, I found that what they were doing, they were using what we called our detailed coverage checker and our gap analysis and schools love that because it gave them that confidence. Mm -hmm. This is it, we've got national curriculum coverage or oh, there's the gaps and we can plug those with an art week, a science week, however they were doing it. But then rightly so, head teachers say, oh, yeah, but that's intended. What's actually happening? And they were getting teachers to start ticking things off. And there were also, uh, one head teacher was actually uh, trying to tipex things out as well because the head teachers tend to like things nice and neat as well <laughs> and in, uh, in folders at times. Tidy ship. Uh, tidy so ship the and they are right. Yeah. And, and there's some brilliant people out there. And But what, so what we said is, right, we need to show that actual, we need to do it live and it needs to be electronic because that enables teachers to hold it and that's reducing the workload because if many can do it's not down to one, one person, one no. person yeah. and everybody can see whether you because we've got some people who are subject leaders for three, four subjects because it's a small yeah. school. So it, going back to that then, if you've just got the ILPs up on Maestro, you can say, look at geography and looking at the sequence and the way it develops across the year group. So you can, you can see that, it's there. But yeah. all schools who have uh, the ILPs automatically get the KRPs as well on Maestro. They don't on the hub. And so if you're listening to this and you're a head or a teacher at a school who uses Cornerstones and is on the hub, I suppose what we'd really like you to do is to move over from the hub onto Maestro. And especially when the new history and the science start coming online, you'll get those and uh, we can just make sure you can seamlessly come across no problem at all. Oh, and companion projects. Each one has a companion project, doesn't yes. it? And that gives you, well, you tell them, because I didn't work on them. I wish I'd worked on them, but I didn't. So you tell us, what, what are the companion projects that come with each one? Yeah, so each KRP, it, as we said, has a subject driver. But yeah. we um, wanted to put some coverage for DT, Design Technology, and Arts and Design. So our companion projects, there's one per KRP. So at the moment, there are six, each matching a geography project. And they're either cover aspects of design and technology or art. The overarching theme of the project fits with the KRP that you are working on. Yeah. So we've got an Ammonite project to go with the year three project that includes work about rocks. But in the KRP, it delivers, that one's an art project, so it delivers um, learning intentions for art and design. Oh, so it's got all the skills and the knowledge yes. for art. And they're written okay. in a progressive structure. It's still written to the four cornerstones of learning. So you mm -hmm. still have an that interest pedagogy. in engage, yeah. that pedagogy, and it still has an innovate. And that's where the children can use what they've learned through the learning intentions yeah. in their innovate to create a piece of art. And then they can share it at the right. end. Those um, will have coverage too. The design technology projects especially have a different focus, so you might be focusing on mechanisms or food. There are links to the KRP, so you get the cross-curricular knowledge and understanding that you can use in your artwork as well. Lovely. You know, I know every school does things slightly differently, but on the whole, primaries, uh, primary children showing them those meaningful links uh, where they're very authentic it brings it to life so it's not just a quiz uh, 
Amanda Spielman said a pub quiz style education. Exactly. She's not interested in that. Another thing that I think is massive in the new KRPs, uh, whereas you've got you've got your book. Uh, study in Key Stage 1 and your novel study and Catherine and her team have produced actually resources to support that which for me is huge as well. So I think we've come to a close I know it's not a close in terms of the national situation. We've been talking about this and the other aspects uh, around it for quite a while. Talking of coverage Dear listener, we covered an awful lot there. I hope you know, progression. <laughs> I hope uh, it wasn't too overwhelming, but we did. We tried to cover from our point of view. Obviously, we've been working in the world of curriculum, and that's what Simon, Catherine, and the team are doing: is creating curriculum content and and threading it together and ensuring coverage and progression. And also, if you're not a cornerstone school and that's whetted your appetite, or you just want to know more about it, then do visit our website. Our materials and tools can really help you. Uh, achieve subject progression and reduce your workload around this so you can focus on the things that matter which as we know is the teaching the learning the children so thanks again for listening until next time goodbye